Hello and welcome to my podcast Danish and Confused. I'm once again back in Denmark and not traveling anymore and I'm here with two of my co-students. Okay, here we go. Alicia Lazaro. Hello. And uh, Antti Lehtesmäki. That was good. Wait, okay, can you pronounce it for me? Lehtesmäki. Lehtesmäki. Okay. But I would have recognized myself. Okay. Okay, good. I would have known that you're talking about me. I think this is the episode of this podcast with the most interesting names. So uh, congratulations on that. And uh, also welcome. How are you feeling tonight on this gloomy winter evening in Copenhagen? I'm feeling great despite the the darkness. I had a very relaxing weekend a lot of sleeping and not doing too many things and that sounds wonderful only fun things like playing music how about you alicia i was actually in sweden you were i've been walking in the snow basically is there of course there's more snow than here because it's not been snowing here was a lot of snow i saw a picture of you on the ice yes there was a lot of ice too are there a lot of lakes in sweden yes but they weren't frozen yet Okay, so. but you were sitting on a frozen lake. No, no, I was just sitting on the deck. Oh, on the deck. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it, it seemed more fancy than it than was. It actually was. Okay. Well, great that you're both feeling great and I'm eager to get to know you both better. I met both of you in September, I suppose, when the sun was still shining here. I just want to know, straightforward question, what brought you to Denmark? How did you end up here? Well, I think in my case it was the, well, maybe in both of our cases. It was the NOCOM program, so it's the Nordic Master, yeah. and then I started it in Sweden, and this semester it was, um, well, we could choose between Norway and, and Denmark, mm-hmm. and I chose to come here, so it was basically that. Okay, and Corona didn't stop it from happening? No. So NOCOM, just for, um, can you explain briefly what it is, the concept yes. of a NOCOM? It's it's a program that is called the Composing Musician, mm-hmm. and then is for either performers that compose or for composers that perform also. So you can you can come from either of the fields. And then it's based in three countries, which is Norway, Sweden and Denmark. Okay. And you spend one semester in one of the countries. And this is your third semester? Yes. Okay, so at the end of... No, by next summer you'll be graduated. And so you lost one of the exchange semesters, yes. kind of, because of... Pandemic um, and so on. Yes, I was a whole year in Sweden last year. Okay, so you skipped Norway. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna go back there just to have the experience? Maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> After you graduate, are you planning on staying anywhere in Scandinavia? Well, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to come back to Spain, so I was thinking. I mean, I I've actually applied for the um, soloist program here. Oh, um, yeah, right. Okay. Yes. So two more years. So hopefully I will be here still in Denmark and confused. <laughs> in Denmark and confused, yes. What about you, Auntie? How did you end up here? Well, originally, also because of NOCOM, I started the program in 2018 and like when there was no pandemics going on. Mm-hmm. So I got the whole... Full got, package. Yeah, whole merry-go-round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I was studying here at the RMC. Uh, it was spring 2019. Yeah, after that I have been, yeah, th- that's when I originally was Danish and confused. And since that I've been <laughs> Norwegian and confused okay. and Swedish and confused. In general, Scandinavian and yeah. confused a little bit. And then after graduating, I stayed in Gothenburg for some time. And then it started feeling like maybe I want to 
come to come back to Copenhagen. And so it was. So I did. <laughs> so you did. Because you're both so flying all over the place all the time. I just want to ask, do you have a favorite city in this northern environment? I like <laughs> all of these three. I mean, I've been in I've been around in other places in Scandinavia as well, uh, but um I think these like all three of these have have their own own qualities. Charm. Yeah, exactly. Although I did consciously choose to move back to Copenhagen. I wasn't forced by anything or anyone <laughs> this time. Was there something that uh, drew you in? The people and also the the musical scene, uh, which for me is... I, I mean, both the musical scene here and my personal social circle are very tied to RMC. And that I think that's what lured me in. Well, it's a great place to be here, I think. Danish and Confused. You said that no calm is for performers and composers, and um, how would you identify yourself, Alicia? Like, <laughs> what kind of musician are you? I know that's a, a weird a question, but as a frog, <laughs> apart from that, um, I don't know. I mean, I studied composition before performing, like now, like I'm doing now, because I, I come from classical and then it's a bit of a different mindset yeah and classical piano or yeah so i would say that i come from more of a composition idea in my head <laughs> yeah right now it's a bit of shifting between one thing and the other and yeah. both and none <laughs> so beside piano you're also a vocalist yes but i i also went through the classical first so yeah. when i was back in spain i, st I started with um opera singing for two or three years and then i decided that i didn't want to sing it that way anymore okay and yeah why was it just did it feel natural to like let it be for a second yeah it's a, a lot of i i didn't feel it natural mm. in some sense and it's it's also the the thing that happens a lot with classical which is that you're always playing something that someone else has written mm. and it's difficult to get out of that yeah you wanted to create yeah. for yourself maybe yeah it's a nice thing to do are <laughs> uh, you auntie how uh, how would you define yourself as a musician oh <laughs> i know it's a big question oh yes <laughs> i th i think i i have referred to myself as having a, some kind of musical self-diagnosed ADHD. Mm. I, <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I don't know. I like playing and like music. I, I mostly um, play the piano. That's like the home court in some ways. But I try to, at least nowadays, try to think myself more as a musician than an instrumentalist. And then like, I think we should be allowed to do I mean, kind of whatever we feel like or feel for, yeah. whether it's like venturing to other instruments or different musical styles mm -hmm. and traditions. I mean, I don't connect to or like growing up and learning music. I I didn't have didn't have a connection to like Scandinavian or Nordic folk music, mm -hmm. for example. So the whole concept of tradition has always been a bit vague for or like I don't know if I have any tradition in that sense. Mm -hmm. So it has always been kind of just trying to do different things that feel inspiring. Yeah, I've known you for a while and that description really does fit you because you're 
sort of a multi-instrumentalist, I suppose, because you play piano and guitar and bass and you like to sing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And you're, I've heard you play many, many genres and you seem to enjoy every single one of them. That sounds accurate. Sounds like, okay. <laughs> um, do you think there's a, a certain mindset that you, like, maybe not should adopt, but that it would be healthy to have a certain mindset as a, not just as a musician, but as a creator or as just a creative person to not feel pressure to create all the time, but do it as a love for the craft instead of just feeling like, I, for instance, I, I always feel like I have to, like I have to create something and I don't want to feel that. Mm. Like, do you, do you ever experience that? And how do you handle that? <laughs> If there even is a way to handle it, because it's new yeah. every time it happens. I've been trying to just um, accept that what, whatever I create or like whatever comes out of me then I'll mm -hmm. just kind of try and accept it and work with that and also yeah. I, I guess that would also include that if there's nothing coming out if there's yeah if if I'm not creating anything then I, I mean I don't really feel like there's that much we can do about it especially if we kind of have the uh, routine And we mm -hmm. kind of, if the circumstances or the facilities for creating are there, yeah. but then the creation just doesn't happen, it's... Um, then that's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think that, like, I've learned maybe through the years that there are some periods in which you just cannot create or, mm -hmm. and then you just have to accept it. And yeah, I think at least for me, it works in that way. That's maybe for some period... I'm, I feel very creative or it's easy to compose something or just it goes more fluidly yeah. and then it stops. Then you just have to <laughs> go with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just ride the wave. I, I heard this, um, this quote once by a writer that said that um, inspiration has to find you working mm. so that you, you kind of just always have to be busy with your craft yeah. and then if inspiration comes by then at least it sees like oh she's doing something yeah. now is the time to strike but i also try to remind myself of like creation it's easy to see creation as a process that's very kind of black and white and on or off mm -hmm. like it's easy to think that we only create when we get concrete results out of the process and mm -hmm. i really try and remind myself of that not really being true like i might sit by a piano playing and trying to find some notes or melodies and chords or whatever for days and days and won't write a single note uh, or mm -hmm. i don't find a single melody that i like and then one day like from the beginning it's just like yeah. write the melody or write the tune but that would not happen if i wouldn't have spent all that all those all those days when quote unquote nothing happened yeah like but something it, did happen yeah kind of like it's something that has to marinate inside yeah. your brain but then we only remember that one day when it worked or we feel like that was the only time when we were creating but i think it's like the, the process the idle time is as mm. important part of the process i think so too i think and this may be very pessimistic of me to say but i think the outside world might not see our idle time as valuable you know mm. and in the business world that wouldn't be time where we would be paid for i think yeah actually very interesting i remember in my previous life when i was spending time at a university and mm. um, this conversation was going on in the faculty of mathematics 
uh, where for some reason the university started like demanding for the professors and the researchers to kind of count the count the hours and write yeah. down what they were doing and i i see that like there's a very there's a, like some kind of an analogy in that process as like i was thinking of a theorem for yeah. <laughs> 100 hours and uh-huh. then the 101st hour yes. i wrote down the theorem yeah it's, it's 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 a strange world to it's not a nine to five type of working day do you have like a i don't know have you guys been actively thinking on how to create a healthy work routine for creating or for making music or just staying in in the zone i've been thinking about it yeah I, i've tried some okay but it's I I never get to a routine that works for mm. more than a few months. <laughs> But months so. is already pretty successful, I think. Mine don't last a week. <laughs> yes, it's better than weeks. But it it never lasts long. And okay. I think it's one of the most difficult things. And maybe something that it cannot be rich or not necessarily. Mm. Uh, maybe because I think that also is something that changes a lot um, and it's very related to how you're feeling or your emotional state and then even if it's I mean I always try like to have some sort of set practice yeah. like maybe more technical or just I don't know for the voice or the piano yeah it's just a frame and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't I mean, we're not robots, I guess, so mm. can't expect everything to work out the way you want it to all the time because your body feels different on on a different day. Do you have a routine that you try to stick to? Yeah, and I've been struggling with routines a lot lately. I think that has a lot to do with this past year has basically been the first time in my life, I could say, when I haven't um, attending any kind of formal education. And I didn't really realize before how much I was kind of dependent on the structures that were provided from outside. Like even if a lot of these, like thinking of these master studies at music academies, there, I mean, the, the studies are very free and there's not a lot of courses that kind of demand attendance. But still, even if you only have like one or two lessons during the week, that's a starting point for some kind of a structure and routine. And it, I've had actually a very hard time not having that kind of <laughs> kind of structure. In the past year? Yeah. And now you're applying to another <laughs> <laughs> course again. I got out of the system and... And you want back in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to how to feel about that. Mm. But that's, that's but I guess uh, I, <laughs> I guess the soloist is a little bit more free and independent yeah. as a course. Is it comparable to a PhD? I've always wondered this. Like, I want to know what the difference no. is between a PhD and a soloist. Um, I guess that it's kind of a bit between the soloist would be mm-hmm. kind of between masters and a phd and at least my perception of it is that it's that it, it's in some sense more practical than mm-hmm. like a usual phd so if you think of the concept of artistic research then maybe in the soloist uh, there would be a lot of emphasis on the artistic okay and less so on the doing Re- research, research. And... i mean of course both are there and it's yes. kind of a, a scale Okay, well, I hope you get in. I really do, because that means you'll you'll stick around here. <laughs> Danish and confused. Where are you guys from? I mean, Alicia. 
<laughs> I am I am from Spain, from Madrid. Madrid. Okay. And you? And Madrid. I'm Finnish. I'm from Finnish. Finland, from a town called Anekoski. How how north is it? It's 350 kilometers north from Helsinki. So pretty north. Pretty cold. Mm, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 not that north on Finnish standards, but um, yeah, I guess in if you think of the Europe. It's still quite up north. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask, Alicia, why did you leave the sun? <laughs> Something I so... wonder about yeah, that. <laughs> it's so necessary and vital and... <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> do you miss it? Do you miss yes, it? I do. It's, yeah, it's a huge difference. Like, not not only in terms of the sun itself, but in terms of how reality looks. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't have colors. You have to get used to the grayness. Yes. So how dark is Finland at the moment? Since the sun sets at at four here in Copenhagen? Yeah. Well, I don't know the official statistics and time frames at the moment, but it's darker in Mm -hmm. Finland than here. So there would be, I would guess there's at least a couple of hours less of sunlight. And I'm not sure if, um, like when when does Kamos begin in in Lapland, that's the Finnish word for the time when the sun doesn't show doesn't up. Doesn't show itself. <laughs> wow. And how many months does that take? Or weeks? Or it's I get, Well, it of course depends on how far up north you are. But I guess it's mm. like months. Wow. But then do you also have the opposite that in yes. the summer the sun doesn't set? It, yeah, that's a wild experience. Yeah. Which one is the best experience? Not seeing the sun or seeing the sun all the time? <laughs> I mean, it's of course seeing the sun all the time, but it's it, it's actually quite intense for human body and brain. In like, terms of being confused. In or? terms of sleep. Sleep, yeah. It's it's not easy to sleep when it's when you have daylight all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, daylight and daylight, but anyway, light. I just I just find it so interesting that you two are from like very different parts of the world in terms of climate and culture and I just I wish I could make like a quick uh statistics overview hmm. like the culture and the people if I completely let myself if I lead oh, English <laughs> <laughs> we know the struggle yeah <laughs> If I go by stereotypes and assume that people in Finland are a little bit cold and maybe a bit grumpy, um, and then assume that people in Spain are looser in their attitude, maybe a bit more chaotic, like, I don't know, would I be speaking the truth? (laughs) I mean, I guess in some point it is... um, Not trying to generalize, but... Maybe we are not happy all the time and, and... dancing and partying but <laughs> I think there's it's true that there's maybe a certain certain warmth and closeness to mm-hmm. people for example or yeah. and chaos also like <laughs> lose time and all this kind of uh, stuff like saying That's, you'll be there at two but you'll be there at three yes rehearsing with Alicia I've learned mm. some uh, <laughs> important things about uh, the Spanish time frame okay yes which apparently works in eight hour blocks so when we when we agreed on having a morning rehearsal and not setting any more exact time frame we had very different um, thoughts ideas about the morning when is finished morning i would say that it you, you could maybe stretch it out 
to 11. <laughs> but I mean, I the first assumption would be like probably before 10 or something. But then I'm curious, what is Spanish morning? Well, the, the Spanish morning would last till two or three. But in what you would say afternoon here. Yeah. But it's midday. morning in Spain. Okay. But then when does noon start for you? Three, four, five. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's because you have lunch time in the middle, which okay. usually starts at two or three. Okay. And then it's morning till lunch. Oh, yeah, that is different. But when does your evening start? It's the same thing. We call the same thing. Like <laughs> it's just after lunch time is afternoon or evening you can call it okay both then till night time so and we don't have a middle step there okay and night time is when it's dark or when is it night time yeah i would say when it's dark which is like nine ten yeah. yeah well then you must be confused here because it's dark at four yes mm. so basically when you're when your morning ends it's already night time yes <laughs> <laughs> sort of it's very hard but going back to like if if the stereotypes would be accurate like Mm -hmm. i think that i mean it's easy to mind one's own business in finland Mm -hmm. without other people (laughs) distracting or interrupting by taking too much contact the stereotype is that when you're walking down the street even in helsinki um you maybe won't get that much of eye contact from other people. And what if you do like accidentally make eye can't eye contact? Does do people like anxiously look away? Many do. Some don't. <laughs> That's noticed. how you find the good people. <laughs> I think we should Maybe go to some music <laughs> uh, because I'm very interested and curious about the tunes that you've brought because you've you've really taken this homework uh, very seriously and to heart. So I'm sure it's the the best tunes that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay. Or then it's just because we are, um, or at least I can be very indecisive, ah. and then it's important Good. to have <laughs> yeah have, think of it beforehand because yes. otherwise it would be total chaos well chaos is the name of the game but i'd like to start on your side alethea did you bring a tune for us so now you have to say i did and then tell about the tune <laughs> <laughs> oh you, you know this podcast better than i do <laughs> and then she clip away all yes. of this okay no, in like, that case i did i did bring a tune okay um it's a tune called Mareta non fas explorar. And Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um, lullaby um, from Valencia, from the 18th century, mm. by an anonymous person that made it. And okay. it's um, the lyrics, it's, it's a mother talking to her daughter, mm-hmm. and the daughter is asking for a doll that she likes, that yeah. is very beautiful and has um, uh, very big eyes and curly hair. Okay. And she likes, she wants that doll. Yeah. And the mom basically tells her to go to sleep because it's it's time to sleep already. Okay. <laughs> and then she sings the lullaby. I love when, when, when songs have like, I don't want to say simple, but I guess it's kind of a simple subject. Yeah. And then it, it's usually super touching. What was it called? Mareta non fas explorar. Thank you. 
was working for me. I was almost falling asleep. It's <laughs> <laughs> super beautiful. Stupid question, maybe, but what language was that? It was um, Valenciano. Okay. Not so stupid question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know that language. Can you? Yeah, it's like um, Catalan, but it's a bit different. It has some different words, and it's also um, ancient. So mm. it's a, yeah, a bit different, but still, like if you speak Spanish, you can understand more or less so the you, words. You understand what yeah. they're saying. A lot of time when I listen to music from Spanish origin, I notice that there's a guitar. Could you help me understand why the guitar is such a Spanish instrument? Or why it's so often used there? Or why it's such a characteristic of that music? Yeah. I don't know if I'm sure. I mean, it's it's very linked to flamenco and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's um, like a very specific instrument in that sense. And it's very present in that kind of music also. I mean, also in this kind of music from the Renaissance, there's also yep. all of these black strings yes. always. Mm. What were the uh, the instruments used in this? Does it ha- Did it have, uh, what's that called, gamba? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. probably yeah, viola da gamba. And, and two singers? Two singers, mm-hmm. yes. And there was a flute, right? Like there it could be, I'm not sure. <laughs> this is like the... Um, this album is one that I heard, I think, maybe the most when I was little. Really? And yeah, and probably this song, like, I've mm. been, because I was in a choir with my sister. Wow. And I think probably this is the song that we've sung the most. Mm. <laughs> wow. So you really know the song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, there have been some periods in which I have even hated it because of so many times mm. that we have gone through it but it's a beautiful mm-hmm. one yeah and what i think is also interesting is sometimes you hear a melody and it seems like you've known this melody for s- such mm. a long time because it's such a natural and organic melody that mm. it's, it almost makes you wonder like how come i haven't heard this before how come no one yeah. else has come up with this melody but mm. i thought this was quite applicable for this music it's just sounded so right mm. <laughs> I have nice pieces of music. <laughs> I'm very curious um, what you're bringing to the table today. Let's start with um, with a piano trio. Um, I, I took a, a bit of a different approach thinking of the tunes. I tried to limit myself to um, their Nordic countries. But that's also, I mean, where, you, where you're from. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, so this album by Samuli Mikkonen, who's a Finnish piano player it's a live live album from early 2000s and it's not really found anywhere if you don't happen to own it maybe uh, Mikkonen himself has some <laughs> some of them left in a box somewhere <laughs> so if you have limited to... <laughs> edition <laughs> exactly yeah. but this for me it is very this is my personal stereotype or arch- archetype of Scandinavian jazz in some sense. And I was listening to this album a lot when I did my first exchange year from Finland to Sweden. And um, I happened to have some quite drastic back problems at that time. Oh. So I couldn't um, play at all. So my, my daily routine at that time was mostly um, physiotherapy. therapy, And I had like two albums in my telephone. Then I would every morning go to the gym doing these very boring exercises and hoping that one day I can play the piano again. And I listened a lot to this album. But that was also like when I... I mean, for me, being in Sweden at that time, it was kind of an... In a a way, I guess I could say it was like an 
eye-opening experience musically mm-hmm. And it felt very natural to then try and gravitate towards Scandinavian countries after that. So this tune is called Murehista Muovailtu. What was that? Say Mur- again. Murehista Muovailtu. What does it mean? It would translate roughly into molded out of grief. That's beautiful. And it's Samuli Mikkonen playing the piano, Anders Jormin playing the double bass, who is mm-hmm. also very much an important figure in the NOCOM universe. Uh, really? Is he a teacher? Yes, he's a, he's a teacher in Gothenburg. I mean, I'm amazed by his musicianship and mm-hmm. double bass player especially. No. And Audun... Uh, no, I, I'm gonna slaughter a Norwegian name. Um, <laughs> Audun uh, Kleve is playing the drums. So there's three different nationalities yeah. within the trio. Yeah, very Nordic. But uh, if you would name the country where they're, where they're from, which country would that be? Where the, where the band is from. Yes. Well, the band leader is Finnish. Okay, so... But I think this is also... I'm not sure if this band exists uh, documented outside of this one okay. album. Okay, maybe it was just a... A project that they did once. I guess and so, and and it's it's a live recording. Um, okay. So maybe they were I don't know playing a tour and decided to record a concert. Mm-hmm. Then, but I really like the album. Uh, that that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
great tune. Thank you for bringing it. So this is kind of like a uh, a special moment because we, I tried to shazam it <laughs> and it doesn't show up anywhere. No. So it's a one-time thing for this podcast or for people who own <laughs> yeah. the tune. Well, then you can start. I hope everybody starts um, contacting Samuli Mikkonen asking for the maybe if, if they can maybe figure out how to spell their, it's their uh, name. <laughs> yeah exactly maybe if we are uh, if if there's enough of a pressure maybe this album mm. could appear on we could start a petition type. yeah petition throughout scan I, I talked with him once and reminded mm. him of this album and he he said that ah oh, yeah i guess i should put it on spotify or something yeah because <laughs> it's been also waiting since. it's great quality yeah like it's so warm and such a good recording yeah and it almost doesn't sound like it's live could be a studio recording that's mm. that's how i almost experienced it apart from the all the tracks being like um, 7 to 11 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and apart from that one person coughing in the beginning mm, <laughs> always great when someone does that in the yeah. middle of a concert mm-hmm. this moment in your lives what would be like in your career in your musical identity being stuff what would be the best thing that could happen to you right now to help you grow as a creative human person being. as a human being yeah mm-hmm. i'm at the moment kind of in the middle of the process i don't know if it's the best that could happen but i'm mm-hmm. trying to be conscious of getting things and music out there Mm-hmm. I think it's been great until now to also think about like if I have if I have been thinking of a career in any sense then it's yeah. it's been mostly about like doing inspiring things and also just I've been very fortunate to be able to travel with the music and meet meet amazing people and mm-hmm. like getting to very un- unexpected places mm-hmm. um but I think Right now, I'm trying to be very conscious about that the music and projects and bands are getting documented and just kind of trying to exist. (laughs) Yeah, put it out into the world for other people to hear. You're currently working on an album, right? Or, well, the album is finished, but you're trying to release it. Yeah. Okay. And the release date is set to March 25th, I think, as of now, somewhere in the end of March. Actually, I, I mean, hold your thought. I'm gonna come <laughs> back to it. But I, I, I'm interested as how you, um, how, what you think about releasing music, because I feel like everyone has a different philosophy. But how, and there's no right answer to do it, mm. probably. But do you have experience in releasing music, and what's worked for you, and how do you think you'll, you'll do it in the future? Well, I, I have less experience that I, I would have, I, that I would want. And I think that has also led to kind of trying to just get stuff out there and thinking more of... I I mean, I don't care about some of my favorite musicians or bands having released albums that I don't like. Mm. So I don't personally think that every catalog has to be perfect. Yeah. Uh Maybe that's just a personal mental defense 
to justify putting stuff out there. <laughs> no, I think it's a growing process, and sometimes all these, you know, your release has to be perfect, or you will get bad critique or something. That yeah. just it can really hurt you as a yeah. musician, as a person. And especially, I feel like we're now living in the world where getting music released is it. It oftentimes takes a lot of time and effort also money but yeah. it's very rare that you can get something released when it's really fresh mm -hmm. and i think that also adds to the fact that by the time you're getting something released you probably kind of would have wanted to be different yeah mm -hmm. so yes. what, is it ever gonna be perfect no i don't think so i think you have to let it go after a certain time yeah what about you have you ever released anything alicia i have not but i can identify with this mm -hmm. waiting for things to be yes. perfect and they're never gonna be then yeah yeah it's a huge mental border to cross yes. i think but uh how are you how are you feeling how are your instincts do you think you'll you'll go for it anytime soon or when the time is right i think i should put myself into that thought because mm -hmm. in any other case i won't do anything <laughs> also related to what you were asking before like yes. what would be the best yeah. thing that could happen i was thinking that right now it feels like continue to have this space and time to develop maybe the music that i would like to do or that i want to do and uh, because i feel that I'm just starting to know what is that I want and what are the sounds that I like and all that. Yeah. And then it's just having this space and time in which I can continue on exploring that. I think that would be... And then probably pushing myself, myself to get that out, mm -hmm. which is a difficult step. Yeah, it always <laughs> is. I feel like that's the part where musicians struggle with the most. It's like making the thing is, is fun. And then you have to give birth to this enormous, mm -hmm. painful baby. <laughs> it's kind of a weird comfort knowing that we all struggle with it. Yeah. Back to that. I mean, I also yeah. think that we're at a point with streaming and all this digital yes. music releasing that like, I feel like the, the digital um, releasing and streaming is kind of demystified a bit i remember like not too many years ago it it felt like uh, like for something to be on spotify it felt like it's a huge thing yeah and well maybe maybe it's all or for sure it's also a matter of experience and kind of seeing the seeing how the process works um being involved in music and projects that are on spotify now then it has become demystified in the sense that it's like just get, put it out there and it's not it doesn't have to be such a big deal and then maybe also use that as in like maybe some albums and some projects you really want to like you're pressing cds and vinyls and like putting all the possible mm -hmm. effort on every detail but maybe if you have another album that's like i like this music i would want it to be out there just to and, share it with people. Yeah, then maybe release it digitally. So that kind of think of different stages or levels of releasing. Yeah, and how much it, how important it is to you. Or like, for instance, I'm working on a project now that's pretty big scaled. And mm. I, I want to go, you know, all out. I yeah. want to do the physical release, the digital release, do all these extra things. But then, like you say, there's other music that you also want to share with people. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily have to be equally big. Mm. It's just a matter of sharing. But I feel like there's this threshold just to share things with people online. Like 
to ask for this attention online it's so scary uh, i don't know how how do you guys handle it like just the mere fact of posting something on instagram like look well, at me play or practice i'm not on instagram that's oh, yeah. my solution to it. <laughs> that's genius can't believe i never thought about that <laughs> well then i turn to alethea and i'll just have a conversation with her <laughs> well i actually i think i started instagram for maybe that same reason of just mm -hmm. sharing something without yeah. putting too much judgment on it yeah. or just because you i don't know i like also writing for example and it, it was like also an exercise of getting open yeah. and not um putting those walls between what you think or your inner world or and all yeah. that and the rest of the people yeah I, i i don't know if it's going great but at least <laughs> it's it's there it's and there yeah. yeah and people can always sort of if they're gonna want to check you out as a musician they can find you somewhere and just see stuff that you like doing and it's for me personally i struggle with not taking things too personal because like once those likes start happening i get so emotionally involved hmm. and it's really not healthy mentally hmm. for anyone yeah so i think I'm, i'm still in a very big internal battle with the social media um i brought a song that is very um specific specifically connected to copenhagen for me also to um to the rmc um it's a song by josh herring <gasps> ah i know that name mm -hmm. okay <laughs> who released an amazing album uh, this this year really i think so and um i want to play the um the title song of the album that is called hard to make friends <laughs> i think it's i think it's also could be somehow fitting to the danish and confused or nordic and confused yes. theme i don't know if um Alethea, for example, has had some confusion with uh, how how to make friends in Scandinavia. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people do, for yes. example, when coming to do the no-com orchest. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. A little bit of a different social scene here, or social bubble, that takes yeah. some time to get used to, mm. I think. Um, so, Josh Herring, RMC student, <laughs> it's hard to make friends? Yeah, I think <laughs> the tune is called Hard to Make oh, Friends. Hard to Make Friends. Talk about where you're from Talk about weather Talk about holidays And plans for the future It's so hard to make friends It's so hard It's so hard to make friends So talk about
things that he talks about are the things that I sort of talk about on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make friends here. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, you're, you're doing really, really well. Yay, thank you. Um, but what I thought about while hearing this song is actually something close to my heart and personal that I kind of wanted to talk about with you because it's a bit of a struggle and I want to know if you guys are equal, equally struggling with it. As I am. You live in Finland and you're not in Finland any- fin- little, little, Finland anymore. Mm-hmm. You live in Spain and you're not in Spain anymore. I'm from Belgium and I don't live in Belgium anymore. And I feel my relationships with close friends slowly deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And also even with family. And it sucks and it hurts. And you can talk with these people as much as you would like to. Um, and you make promises to go home, but then stuff happens and sometimes it doesn't happen. And I just wonder how you deal with it and how you cope with it. <laughs> That's a tricky question. Yeah, it's a tricky question. <laughs> I don't know. I I have this feeling also, like, I mean, I've been just one year out of Spain, mm-hmm. um, which was last one. But it does feel like when you come here, mm-hmm. it becomes like such an intense reality that it seems that the other one fades away and it's very hard to keep the relationships and the connection with the people that are there because it seems that it's somewhere i mean apart from the obvious real geographical distance it's like another dimension absolutely and yeah i i have no idea like (laughs) (laughs) i guess it maybe when you've been here for a longer time things kind of settle a bit and then you can come back to the relationships that you had already built that that are already established i feel like right now i'm in the phase where um it's a bit of a mess Hmm. and yeah ties are being broken here yeah. and there and we'll see which bonds survive and which don't are are you guys in that phase have you have you experienced that already? definitely uh i mean like the last time when i lived in one country for more than a year was like before 2016 and since that i've just like moved from like between all the nordic mm-hmm. countries yeah. either in one year or half a year um periods i i also try to kind of justify it somehow like like for for me Finland for example it feels like um, the relationships 
a bit family, friends, musical relationships. It feels like those are already so established that they won't just disappear even if I wouldn't be active there for many years. But at the same time, it's very true that it's it's really easy to kind of down prioritize my closest ones. Um, and I'm starting to notice that that now I'm having many different places where I'm kind of doing it's, it's not only that I'm <laughs> not just I'm very, your home. I'm absent from Finland. Now I'm yeah. also absent from Gothenburg, for example, mm-hmm. Sweden. And until that, I was absent from here and so on. Yeah. And everyone's always asking, well, when will you be back? When mm. can we hang? One of the solutions is that if I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm very poor at actually telling people when I'm leaving. So sometimes <laughs> they don't really know that I left. They just think I'm hiding somewhere. Or <laughs> I, th- I, I think I still have friends in Finland who kind of don't know that. I haven't been living there <laughs> for some years. So maybe they, they think that you're just some kind of asshole that's just never around. <laughs> oh, that's even worse then. <laughs> maybe I should change my tactics. I think I, I have the same experience. Some people in Belgium don't know in Belgium don't know that I hmm. moved out, and then uh, you get a random message. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, you moved away. I thought you were doing this and that." And I mean, but you can't keep up with everyone. It's, it's the thing. You would be leaving to Gotten, Gothenburg, yes, next semester, and you're also going to Gothenburg. Yeah, next semester. I'll. Uh, well, I'm. I'm trying to stay here <laughs> with oh, yeah, all right. my yeah, yeah, yeah. teeth and claws. <laughs> but um, you're both kind of trying to stay in Copenhagen, <laughs> but there's just some stuff in between that still yeah. needs to happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's expensive living here. It is. I don't know how I made it this far, to be mm. honest. <laughs> is it different yeah. in in Sweden? The prices? Yes, I mean it's still expensive, mm. but less or more? Less. Less. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I really picked the best place to live. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess Norway is most expensive. It's also expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll take a bit of a detour via Gothenburg mm-hmm. after after the holidays although I'll there I'll be going back and forth a lot so. I mean this whole year for you has <laughs> sort of been like that I get the impression <laughs> yeah pew, 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 well now I've um, like for the for the past half a year I've been based in Copenhagen but then traveling quite a lot to Sweden mm-hmm. Finland Norway and now the opposite will happen that I will be, I will be based in in, in Gothenburg. I, I will have I, a roof over my head in Gothenburg. Yeah, very important. But then I will just be constantly coming here. <laughs> I mean, it's just, well, not just over the bridge, it's a little bit farther. Yeah. Did you find a song, maybe, yes. for us? Yes, I did find it. It's called Cantiga da Teifa, which is Portuguese and means harvest song mm-hmm. and it's actually a song that i discovered while um i was here in copenhagen so it's funny how sometimes when you're outside or far away from where you are from yeah. you discover some things that mm-hmm. are very related to that and then 
you feel very connected to it. Yeah. Like it brings something back. Sometimes going away from your home makes you realize how mm. you're tied to your home. Mm. I've definitely become, or I am becoming constantly more Finnish. The, the more the more time I spend away. Uh. <laughs> That's ironic. Are you becoming more Spanish the longer you're away? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still trying to know what is to be Spanish or not. Be yeah. Spanish. But I don't know if I feel Spanish. Yeah. I mean, what is nationality? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, cool. Let's yes. listen. Por say to a song like that mm-hmm. that's I, i have tears in my eyes it's really beautiful good choice yeah. <laughs> thank you those I, voices were just so together yeah yeah when i found it i i think i was listening to it 
on repeat for yeah. a week. <laughs> I, <laughs> like just, I can uh, I can imagine. What is it about vocal music that touches us? I've been trying to figure it out. <laughs> Let's do it right here and right now. Let's yes. find out why vocal music oh, yes. makes us cry like babies. The truth the will come out. Maybe it's because it's so close mm. to the human experience and just yeah. being, mm. just a being. I'm thinking of a recollection of a situation. I remember a vocalist being frustrated and saying like, it, it, it's so difficult to like get your personality through through your voice and singing. Yeah. And then there was a, well, I'm a piano player, so <laughs> I <laughs> I really resonate also very much with yeah. that. Well, a another piano player in the room said, well, I have a two meter box of wood and metal. <laughs> uh, Good luck with that. Yeah. But of course, the struggle of getting your personality to with the voice, it's it's very real. Mm -hmm. But still, also in a good way, we can't escape um, mm -hmm. the fact of voice being personal somehow or humane. It's also weird when people try to do you not find it weird when other people tell you? I mean, you can get like technical support and how to correctly use your voice. But for me, sometimes they also told me things that they didn't like aesthetically. And that would be very weird for me to hear. Yes. Like, wouldn't you like to make your voice more hazy? Or yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not how it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, do this with your vibrato. And you know, I know I like the other thing. But I think that also at the same time, you cannot escape from your personality leaking through your voice that you cannot go away from it and maybe that's also what's so compelling that it's very vulnerable and you cannot hide behind yeah. it yeah and it also falls back to that you know quest that maybe we all have to sound authentic not mm. just with vocals but with instruments and everything and that's yeah. so difficult because mm. what does that even mean being authentic mm. in your and sound and if it's being, I don't know if, if, if these are things that really exist, but I've tried to think, think in terms of authenticity, either being intrinsic or extrinsic. So the music itself or a musical style or tradition also has a certain authenticity. And then like if I try to play or make music within the authenticity of the music or the genre, mm -hmm. then that's kind of extrinsic. Yeah. Um, it's not coming from from within but then how how do the you other make end. it intrinsic exactly mm -hmm. or, and how to combine those yes. because in in many many situations for the music to work a certain amount of the so-called extrinsic authenticity is also needed like everybody's mm -hmm. kind of playing the same playing by the same rules or within the same structures and then how do i combine my inner authenticity with that and sometimes if you drift really far from the the pool that is known yeah like if you go for a completely different form or thing within a certain genre then then people won't listen to you yeah you need some f form of con conformism conformism mm. is that a word sounds like one to keep the ball rolling mm. i don't know <laughs> mm. i think also with voices mm -hmm. there's just something how yeah plural of voices when there yes. are many voices yeah. sounding together and resonating there's something really, really powerful in that. I mean, for me, it feels like I, I don't need much more. Like there's so much value in the voices sounding together that I, I don't, don't need almost any other musical parameters. It's just like, that's, that's enough. 
in almost like the simpler the better yeah yeah like i can play triads on piano and they sound beautiful but it's but sing it it's nowhere near <laughs> i chose um i'm I chose to slaughter some Danish names. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good decision today. Yeah. It's a tune by the pianist and composer Jeppe Seberg <laughs> okay. and Lars Greve, who's a saxophonist, uh, mm-hmm. saxophone or reed player. And I hope I'm not remembering anything horribly wrong. But um, <laughs> I <laughs> I was attending a, like a masterclass yeah. by Jeppe and he talked about this this tune and if if i remember correctly like they wrote the score for like children's uh, wind orchestra and recorded multiple different children's orchestras playing it yeah. and then just put it all um, on top of each other yeah on top of really? each other well first of all i really love the band horse orchestra and yep's um, solo things definitely people should uh, check out and very like danish jazz i guess uh, tables of that scene Um, but this i'm I'm, i really like this kind of innovative ways of of making making music and this kind of Hmm. i wonder what would happen like (laughs) i guess they would be slightly out of tune with each other and then it would sound kind of textural <laughs> or okay. I, don't, I don't know some i don't know what's the idea behind but but this kind of wild experiment yeah exactly yeah. and then something beautiful comes comes out of it and i i yes. also like the like also kind of demystifying there's a lot about demystifying apparently yeah. today mm-hmm. um, but the, like the, the composer the, the idea of a composer sitting by a desk and writing notes on a paper and <laughs> thinking through every detail Instead i think of like, just letting it happen yeah and like trying out stuff and leaving some room for randomness Thank you. 
was really cool. Many things all at once at the same time, I think. It's cool. You can, if you really listen closely, you can kind of hear that it's like kids yeah. playing with like these little imperfections, not trying yeah. to play perfectly, but then yeah. creating this enormous soundscape. I think he um, said something in the lines, I and I I hope I'm not misquoting here. S- something like I'm I'm not smart enough to accurately write mm-hmm. all of that. Like as in because some people also like write all the intonation yeah. different differences yes. and everything. But then just like taking the approach that I I I can't do it if I like try be very accurate. But if I can just find a concept where it happens. Yeah. Just kind of laissez-faire attitude mm. and playful. Mm. I tend to like that approach a bit more, actually. Mm. A very nice tune. Mm. I think we have a very interesting repertoire here today. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also really excited to, to hear We are various. Yeah. Hey, wow. Nice reference there. <laughs> Danish confused. I'm gonna mispronounce terribly a Norwegian name. This last tune that, I mean, I thought of this album that is called uh, Rumi Songs by, I'm gonna try, but Go this is very difficult. There are a lot of consonants yeah. all together. Trygve <laughs> same. Maybe you can read it. Trygve. Trygve same. Trygve same. And then he composed the tunes and they're based on Rumi poems. Oh, okay. Um, that I've always uh, like very much. And this one is calling Your Beauty. I was thinking of reading the poem because it's a really beautiful one. Yes, please do. And it says, In your light I learn how to love, in your beauty how to make poems. You dance inside my chest where no one sees you, but sometimes I do, and that sight becomes this art. Wow. Well, he did good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, what was it called? the poem the 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 song in your beauty
you're, you're bringing amazing tunes to the table mm. today. Where do you find these gems? <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> just, just Spotify algorithm. The big bad Spotify. Thank you, Spotify algorithm. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to ask you as a final thing for this uh, podcast but you've already sort of kind of fulfilled my question to and this is I should have asked you to prepare it maybe but um, to read a poem that you really like hmm. because I know you both really like uh, poetry and you're actively engaged in that scene a bit the scene of poetry the scene of poetry yes um, okay. it's by um, by Tove Jansson uh, who was a Finnish writer and apparently speaks in poems since this i guess is from an interview this, this is a quote quote from an interview but it for me it feels like it could have been a, or is a kind poem. of is a poem okay intriguing yeah <laughs> so i can um, read it in the original swedish which is always exciting <laughs> yes please do and then uh, kind of an english version great jag älskar gränser Augusti som är gränsen mellan sommar och höst är den finaste månad jag vet. Skymningen är gränsen mellan dag och natt och stranden är gränsen mellan hav och land. Gränsen är förväntan när bägge är förälskade och ingenting har sagt. Gränsen är att vara på väg. Det är vägen som är viktig. And, I have no idea what it said, but... <laughs> and in English it would be a rough translation... I love borders. August is the border between summer and autumn. It is the most beautiful month I know. Twilight is the border between day and night. And the shore is the border between sea and land. The border is longing. When both have fallen in love, but still haven't said anything. The border is to be on the way. It is the way that is the most important thing. Wow. I'm glad you translated it. For not being a poem, that's indeed strangely mm. poetic. What was the the writer's name? Tove Jansson, probably most known as the creator of the whole Moomin universe. <gasps> ah, really? Yes. Oh, I But also the author Moomin. of other great books, amongst the Moomin ones. I chose a poem from Octavio Paz, mm. which is a Mexican writer. And yeah, I'm gonna read in Spanish. And then I will translate it more or less. Palabras, sí, de aire y en el aire perdidas. Déjame que me pierda entre palabras. Déjame ser el aire en unos labios. Un soplo vagabundo sin contornos que el aire desvanece. También la luz en sí misma se pierde. It's a short one. Oh. <laughs> It really sounds beautiful in Spanish. Yes, mm. it says um, words, yes, of air and lost in, in the air. Let me get lost amongst words. Let me be air on some lips. A wandering blow without edges that the air vanishes. Also the light gets lost in itself. Wow, the light gets lost mm. in itself. Ew, romantic Spanish heart. <laughs> 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 It's beautiful, beautiful. 
<laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Words are great. But um, I want to thank you both from the bottom of my heart <laughs> to be on this podcast. It's uh, always nice to have such great, uh, authentic guests. <laughs> and just nice people to talk to. I feel like this could just be a conversation among friends, but there just happen mm. to be microphones in front of us. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for being on my podcast and taking the time to bring beautiful music to the ears of other people. Mm. And um, see you around and a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> thank you thank for you. letting us be guests. Danish Confused. You can listen to all the episodes of Danish and Confused on wearevarious.com, on Spotify, or on any other podcast platform. See you next time.